0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the OSU Soccer Podcast. I'm joined remotely by Jacob Sturm. We are back in our separate ways, I guess, if you will, for Thanksgiving and winter break. I'm recording from my bedroom in Wyoming. Jacob, how's it going, man?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Champions good. League's
1: just started up today. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we have some good games, but. Man, I'm hoping that the Chelsea game is not a competitive soccer game because, yeah, you know, I have a reason to pull for Chelsea, so (laughs) sure, sure,
0: yeah. And then, uh, well, of course, uh, Pulisic is I is Pulisic playing, so at this point, I'm looking, I'm
1: I've been watching for a few minutes and I don't see his number out there, so I don't think he is. You know he was injured, but just before the international break, um, a few weeks ago, and his status has kind of been questionable since then. So, interesting. I mean, maybe maybe it's just a precaution or something. So, and, nice Chelsea scores. Oh, they
0: do. What's what? Yay! <laughs> one nil right now. <laughs> that's My boy, just it's a it's a live reaction, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Live raw reaction. That's awesome. So just quickly, uh, I, I guess, you know, be, because something we talked about so much is the two perspectives. I, I know you personally, you're a European soccer fan, Champions League. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I, I follow it, but not as closely as I, as I do. Personally, I, I enjoy MLS soccer. So I'm not sure about you, but w- were you able to watch at least any uh, – bits and pieces of the 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 play-in matches that occurred this weekend so
1: you know you mentioned this to me on text message before you got on but i watched the new england revolution yeah um that that um the highlights of that match i didn't get to watch the match live but i did i did see the um, highlights of it and my goodness, that was wow, quite
0: yeah. a game to watch. Yeah. Gu- uh, yeah. So in case you guys missed it, Gustavo Bo hit a game winner, a stunning strike to to give the Revolution a 2-1 win. And then later that that evening it was a battle of two expansion teams, Nashville and Miami, a depleted Miami roster, who, you know, uh Hig uh Higuain was out. There there were three um star players out because of COVID. And unfortunately, Nashville took advantage of that 3-0 there. Um, some other matches. Again, these were just the play-in round. So it it think of it kind of like in uh, March Madness, if you will, the first four. Orlando, and and I, I shared this this video with you. So Orlando beat New York City FC six, five in PK. So one, one, six, five in PKs, but guys out there listening, um, do yourself a favor and go on YouTube, search John Boy Media, Orlando, NYCFC. If if you're familiar with John Boy, you, you know, a New York Yankees fan who's really made, you know, funny comedy videos, but he just gives a great, I guess, commentary to a penalty shootout, which was absolutely bizarre, Jacob. I mean, this is American soccer in a nutshell, and I'm sure you watched it after I sent it. And man, it's just hilarious.
1: I could not believe what I was watching. Yeah. Whenever you sent me that, because I thought, oh, this is just going to be one of those typical penalty shootouts where you know it just goes longer than five than five kicks for each team. But that was absolutely not what it was. It was much more unique, and you know, I. I was just – after I finished that, I literally I think I was sitting – I was sitting on my couch, and mm-hmm. I probably was just sitting on my couch just trying to figure out what in the world had happened yeah. for like 10 minutes afterwards, just going, goodness, a non-goalie. Yeah. A non-goalie makes the game-winning game, win- game winning save.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, but if I'm not mistaken, that, that non-goalie defender, he shouldn't even – been in the match in the first place because, so if, if you guys out there, um, the starting goalkeeper, hit uh, for some reason, unfortunately, his name, name escapes me. He made this huge save, said, you know, well, he was off his line early uh, in a new rule this year. It's n- new in 2020 and MLS is at that point you, because typically it would be a yellow card at, as you saw, you know, with OSU and Iowa state earlier this season, typically it would be a yellow card, but an MLS um, rule is, it's just a verbal warning, but that, uh, so the referee, you know, totally did something wrong. He gave him a yellow and well, that goalkeeper already had a yellow. So it was a red card. He was ejected. Although, you know, the, the referees messed up and, and MLS said they messed up. It was just a mistake. And then they put in a, substitute goalkeeper but that's illegal because you can't put in a you can't substitute for a player who's already played you know and and so then they had to uh a defender a, a outfield player play, playing goalie for a team in the playoffs and it's crazy because well i you know me i'm a rapid supporter i was watching um uh, minnesota colorado unfortunately colorado lost was shut out three nail but the Fox sports North, the Minnesota announcers, they, the news broke there. They said that those referees from MLS will no longer officiate any more matches this season. So, wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. I can understand. If you make one or one like major mistake, I can understand like the league talking about it and being critical and, you know if it's major enough, I think that it's justified to just say you can't do any more m l s games but sure I don't know if that would technically qualify in my mind because yeah. the second that it happened first off when it when it happened i didn't really think it was uh i don't think I didn't think the goalie had done anything wrong sure say but then when you see the replay, you I mean, it is clear that he's off his line and that's, that's not good. I mean, you're not supposed to do that, but I also kind of thought, you know, it, it's, I would say it's relatively difficult to time your dive. Oh, sure. And so to be really critical enough to give a yellow on a diving attempt by a goalkeeper that's already in a unfavorable position I kind of think that's a little bit harsh yeah well, I, don't
0: know what, I don't know what his first yellow card was I but I, w- I wasn't sure either but well see the the yellow card the, the, well the thing was is I mean it it like I said it's illegal it it is a new r- rule change that and because typ- typically it would be a yellow card but MLS it's a new rule this year in 2020 that if a goalkeeper's off his line early it's just a verbal warning not a card right so if,
1: if he went off his line multiple
0: times well sure um, yeah i think at that well, yeah point, multiple, a, multiple oh. times it would be a card yeah
1: so i mean there's always the thought that did he get a verbal warning before sure, sure. that instance but that's true i i was under no impression that it that he was because i don't think he had made a save up until that point anyway so even if even if he had made a save if if he had done it legally then there's no you can't make any complaint about it but i i don't know like realistically i thought it was a really i argue it was a weak a weak card sure it was not really warranted it really it i thought that was going to decide the game because at that point you can't sub in a goalie to be in goal yeah. at that point. I was just shocked that that, that um, they allowed that to transpire but you know I mean I think the main problem we're gonna see is whenever they play their next the next round um, without their without that goalie because yeah. that keeper kept them in that game. <laughs> It was sure. not as much an offensive like battle as much as it was that goalkeeper doing his part more than once to yeah. keep the game um, even. So I think if they can survive the next round, I would be pretty darn impressed.
0: Well, see, it, it, it'll be tough because Orlando, that team, November 29th, they will play the winner of – uh, Philadelphia and New England, which is a one seed versus an eight seed to that, that matches will be played tonight at eight Eastern. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's absurd. I mean, it's, it's the playoffs, you know, <laughs> anything can happen. Uh, it, it seems like in sports uh, universally, whatever sport, whatever league, the playoffs are just pure madness.
1: Sure. I mean, I think it's probably a little bit different um, for MLS sure, than it is for like an NBA or an NFL just because soccer has so many like the variables with soccer you, you could lose time of possession you could lose shots shots yeah. on goal saves like every category but if you have that one breakthrough opportunity and you score your one chance you could win yeah so, well
0: I mean, you're absolutely right. It's one of those sports, like we talked about. I to relate this to OSU soccer, you know the the Kansas the Kansas match that that PK I believe was like KU's only shot on goal, and it was a penalty. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that you know that is a game that you can compare to like the worst case scenarios for professional, like in the professional soccer where one, the team that takes the lead maybe takes the lead on their first shot. And then the whole rest of the way they only get two more shots the entire game. And, you know, they don't even need to go in because they have the lead. And at that point you're just defending the lead and it kind of kills the game off. So I don't know. I think anything can happen. It's not like with the NBA, my my opinion is the team that has the best players are going to win. It's yeah. just a matter of how long it's competitive. In the NFL, I go, the team with the most experience and the most um, physical and gift, like athletic players is going to win. And it's sure. just a matter sure. of how long is it going to be competitive? But soccer, I feel like there's more variables that that's not always the case. You know, one mental lapse can decide a game. So I would think, you know, I mean, I'd still pick the one seed in a, Mm -hmm. in a playoff format for soccer, but I would be a little more hesitant to pick the one seed than if it was a one seed in, another sport like the NBA because you know I think that's, that's just a different yeah. comparison.
0: I yeah I I agree. Uh so moving on I guess we'll recap quickly the US men's national soccer team they had they had their uh camp in Europe last week and it's weird like we talked about because of COVID and and stuff like that the the roster was restricted just to American players playing in Europe at that point. So normally you have a lot of MLS talent on, on the U S team, but you know, uh, last week, two weeks ago, we, they did not have any of that. So it started, I mean, it, it looked encouraging the first match, Wales, USA, that was a scoreless draw. But then on Monday, the 16th, that, that where, that is where thousands of U S soccer fans got really, really optimistic it, it, they were U, u.s. was down one nil in the sixth minute but bam just like that uh the americans ended up destroying panama 6-2 uh what because i i honestly you know i i was busy with other things i i know you were watching that match on your phone what what from an Amer- you know american standpoint what did you see from usa well so the first thing
1: I'll go back to the whales match and while it's a, it's a nil, nil draw. And I mean, you, there's a certain amount of optimism you can have at a nil, nil draw before you're kind of just being irrational. Sure. I kind of think, I mean, you didn't score, they didn't score, but you didn't score. So you have to take it into consideration, but I think, As far as nil-nil draws go, that was one of the more encouraging ones because Mm -hmm. they – I mean, both games this international break, they dominated possession like way more than what I feel like um, U.S. national team fans are used to because I don't know if it was the personnel that they had that that they were using or if it was just a matter of, those teams that they are playing against wanted to sit back and they just had the ball off default, but they looked really good on the ball. They, they really basically operated both games. Like the other, the other teams that they were playing against did not control any part of the, um, of the matches. And I think that's the first sign of a good national team and like trying to become a great national team if mm-hmm. you can run a game of that magnitude like they were doing then i feel like that's only good things can come from that as you get adjusted to the system it's just going to get better and better and i i mean so in the wales game i think they did fine for um in that standpoint i don't i feel like they had the chances to win and they didn't take them and you know, I think that comes down to you need a striker, you mm-hmm. need a, like a competitive striker that when whenever you're making your selections for the World Cup in 2022, you know who your striker is mm-hmm. because it seemed to me they didn't know they didn't know who that guy was and so they they threw a few players in there to kind of in my mind I think they were just experimenting trying to see what those players offered and I wasn't really impressed with the striking position because I didn't feel like the striker really impacted the game. Sure. But in the Panama game, I thought, sure, now Panama is probably not as good as Wales, probably not. But at, in that match, the striker played a, actually a, a decently important role for the U.S., Mm-hmm. And if you tell me a striker is going to play good enough to produce the scoring opportunities that the U.S. had against Panama, then I would say, you know, their ceiling is final eight in the yeah. World Cup.
0: Yeah, I mean – well, that would be a great sign. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, you look back to World Cup qualifying, you know, lots of people were like, oh, man – You know the USA. There's no way. There's no way whatsoever that they will lose to Trinidad and Tobago. Well, I mean, because if you remember, all they needed was a draw. They didn't even need to win. They just needed a draw, and they didn't. And well, because you know, people were optimistic. They thought they were a shoe in to qualify for the World Cup, and they didn't. And and you know that that's something that American fans are you know learning that you know sometimes when you get your hopes up just don't you know be because you, you will be severely disappointed but yeah you're right i mean i i hope and you know you would like to think that for this particular team that that's not the case at all i mean you you look at all the young talent and not only that but the the players like dest and 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 uh guys like guys like uh, or uh, reina you, you know guys like that that um they had a decision to make. I, I know Des had a decision, oh, well, am I, am I going to play inter, uh, internationally for Netherlands or USA? You know, it's, it's kind of like a, a high school kid committed to a college. You, you know, they have that decision because for, for those that you keep it keep in mind, you, you are eligible to play for a certain nation if, if that's like, if, if that's the birth nation of one of your parents or if you were born there, Right. So it yeah, you, yeah. you know it it's pretty crazy but yeah um yeah the the US just has so much young talent and, and it's crazy because it, it's not usually like that because you have you know veterans like Michael Bradley guys like those but you look at the roster I mean there, there's guys that are as young or i guess as old as both you and I you know playing or, yeah playing, playing for the United States of America. So
1: that's, that's something you want to have, a you want to know a way to make you feel, um, yeah. Old. Inadequate.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's <laughs> that's
1: how you do it. But all things considered, I thought there was a few players that kind of stood out to me as they really overachieved Mm-hmm made me feel like wow this team's more complete than what i was expecting it was going to be and you already mentioned um Serginho des just Mm -hmm. blew me away yeah absolutely he he looks like the number one at either fullback position anytime that you're making a selection if he's not playing i'd be pretty shocked but another guy that i want to throw in there he he only played he played in both games and i really thought he was pretty impressive for i had never heard his name before but it was yosef musa yep yep and i mean i i so i had never heard of him before mm-hmm. i went in completely blind and at times he looked like the best player on the national team because he was so direct. When he got the ball, he was doing something important with it. You know, he mm-hmm. was making the runs when he needed to. He was also defending in the midfield better than, I mean, better than I was expecting from the central uh, midfielder. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, I think apparently he plays for Valencia. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize that he, he played in for a big a big, um, big club.
0: Yeah, big club. But
1: if if you told me he picked the USA, we should all be, yeah, going a party because yeah. you put him around the core of McKinney, Tyler Adams, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Christian Pulisic on a given basis, he is going to thrive. Absolutely, I was really impressed with him as well. I think he was arguably the most. I I would have given him the mat like the man of the match award mm-hmm. for both matches just because I had never heard of him before and he sure. he had just exceeded all expectations I had so
0: that yeah. was my opinion. well yeah so speaking of uh, West he I well I I think it's a I guess what would it be a one o'clock Mountain time I believe that he in a, a young American it is. Starting for Juventus in the Champions League. I mean, how? First of all, like how? That's impressive, and how cool is that, man? I so
1: I think this is showing where U.S. soccer is going. Mm-hmm. See, so many players at like on the active rosters for Champions League on so, a given like on a weekly basis. It's just it tells you where the U S is. I mean, they've already broken some records for most Americans on rosters for Champions matches. So, I mean, you can't, you can't get much better than what they're doing. And, you know, I just appreciate the fact that they, that, I mean, it's not like they're there, but they don't do anything. They're just around. They actually do stuff, you know, it's, They're actually called on to do stuff, and they do it well. And Mm -hmm. you know, and these aren't teams that are the winner of the Danish league. I mean, one U.S. player on that team, but you know, these are
0: super big clubs,
1: super clubs. Yeah, and they're they're expected to go far in the Champions League, and that that makes me even more optimistic because. The longer they're playing on the biggest on the big stages like this, mm-hmm. the better they're going they're going to develop and the quicker they're going to develop. And it's just gonna it's gonna, you know, I mean, the, they're gonna look incredible when you get into competitive matches in the World Cup and they've already got seven or eight players that have played at the highest level for years sure and i think that's you know that's one of the most exciting things about watching the champions league now it used to just be watch the champions league because these two big clubs are playing each other and that's sure really interesting to watch well now i can watch the champions league and strictly watch it for the u.s players playing on this team so i'm going to pull for this team
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point because yeah, you know, that that's something that people will do, you know. And not only that, but I guess that's a good way to draw American fans to, you know, Champions League if 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 they're not already uh into that because yeah, you you see a guy, oh, you know, he plays for the Amer- he plays for the USMNT, so, you know, let's turn on the TV and let's watch him, you know. So,
1: Now, one thing I will say, though, is whenever they're making selections for international breaks and you're playing in games that are qualifying you for the World Cup,
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: expect a majority of the players now to be playing in Europe Sure. whenever you make those selections. And that's no knock against the MLS, but if you're really taking it serious and you're just trying to qualify – yeah Then let's qualify automatically first and then you can do whatever you want with the mls players that are probably the second choice on a on a lot of people's mind in a lot of people's minds true yeah you know, i think because for instance you're not going to take pulisic out of the lineup no you're not going to do that you're not going to take mckinney out of the lineup either i mean i think Tyler Adams is a pretty rock solid option that if they mm-hmm. pick Michael Bradley over Tyler Adams, I think a lot of people would riot. Sure. Because I, Tyler Adams I, has really I, earned that spot now. Yeah. There's like six or seven guys that if you don't start them when qualifying for the world cup, then you're just not starting your best players. Sure. And I think that needs to be more emphasized, you know, like, because I feel like last cycle, you might you might have a different opinion on this than me, mm-hmm. but I felt like last qualifying cycle, they thought their thought process was this cycle we're gonna make the MLS relevant. Sure, we're yeah.
0: gonna that that's people true. People
1: realize the MLS is important and it's better than people give it credit for, and we're gonna earn respect with the MLS. And then they didn't qualify,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, the only thing that can hurt the MLS reputation is not qualifying with a nation that should be qualifying because you're playing predominantly MLS players. So I think I would just say, you know, your, your European, like the Americans playing in Europe right now mm-hmm. are arguably your best eleven. Sure if you played that 11 that you played against Panama um, in World Cup qualifying, they would win every game that they played outside of when they're playing at Mexico in Mexico City, I'm not I'm not I would not think they would win that game, but that's because it's Mexico City and sure. it's Mexico. They're not an easy I mean Mexico is a hard team to beat as is. you know it doesn't matter where it is but you play in mexico you're probably i would not like your chances but every other game you should have a fighter's chance in every single time 10 out of 10 no no um ifs or wins it's you should always be in the in the position to win so i kind of think that's it's something that We'll see whenever the World Cup qualifying starts.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I would be pretty mad as a U.S. national team fan, especially after his past international break. If that 11 – if that group of 11 or if that core group is not mm-hmm. playing in every qualifying game, I'd be yeah. really angry about it. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh,
0: so we talked about men's national team, I guess. Yeah, so something we could add – this Friday, uh, eleven thirty-five a.m. Central Time, United States, the U.S. Women's National Team will take on Netherlands in Netherlands for an international friendly. That you know that'll be interesting because, well, I mean it, it's you know you have you have a lot of young players like Jalen Howell who were uh, called up be- because what well, I-, I know Jalen Howell um, is replacing uh, Lindsey Horan who tested positive for COVID-19, but not only do you have all those young promising players, or I guess intriguing players, but you have, you you, you know, you have players like Alex Morgan, uh, uh, Kristen Press, those players that have just uh, on a club level made big changes going from the NWSL in USA to Europe.
1: Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I, I, I mean, I'm assuming that the the way they're doing it is the same as what they did for the men where it's only US players that are playing in Europe can play if it's being oh, played yeah. in Europe. I'm sure that's what they're doing. And I mean you can't not pick the
0: US women's national team. They're sure they're uh, dominant. Yeah. So I mean, quite frankly, they are a world power. And and uh, as evidenced by their several World Cup titles, but yeah, it it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, I personally will probably will probably be tuning into that one. Uh, also, yeah, lo- we'll, lo- looking at the fixtures today. Yeah, there, there's some intriguing Champions League matches that I'll, uh, I guess, keep an eye on. Uh, PSG versus. Uh, v- Versus a uh, Red Leipzig. Bull. Yep. Uh, Red Bull, Leipzig. That man, that'll be interesting. Of course, Juventus. Um, yeah. It, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. It, it. it's that time of year because y- you just finished international break and then, well, and then, uh, and then MLS playoffs are in full swing. And then, you know, it, it, it's just an exciting time because, uh, well, of course, uh, after Christmas you have all those boxing day matches in, yeah. in uh the EPL. So I'm definitely, yeah. definitely looking forward to it.
1: There's a lot of great, great soccer games that are, that's going to happen over this, um, over this break for us. So I'm, yeah. I'm certainly interested in um a lot of what's going to go on. Do you have any, do
0: you follow the EPL hardly at all? Uh, I, I, I follow it. Yeah. I, I, Not super closely, but, yes, I follow it to the point to where I know what's going on, if that makes sense. I've
1: been shocked so far Mm -hmm. with how good Aston has played and how Southampton's been. I think those are teams that, I mean, you catch them at the wrong time could be a problem, but you never expect them to, like, win – like six yeah. out of seven or yeah. be really consistent. So, so far I've been really shocked with just the amount of teams that I had high, um, high opinions of mm-hmm. and how bad they've been. And then how the teams that I didn't really give much of a chance and how good they've been. It's been kind of a backward start um, in yeah. comparison to normal. So well, well, see how it goes. Yeah,
0: well, something I like to add is with Southampton. I'm not surprised to see Theo to see Theo Walcott, who is on loan, uh, score a goal it yesterday. Yesterday against uh, Wolverhampton. I mean, he he's just a stud offensively. But yeah, uh, looking forward to it. Um, Jacob, do you have any last thoughts to add? Um. Well, we'll talk. Uh, i'm assuming next week sure.
1: we can yeah. recap everything that um goes on this weekend and yeah um you know at that point i think we'll be far farther along in the mls playoff like we'll have an idea who's going to be Is, yeah getting for the whole thing so at that point we'll definitely reconvene and uh get a little bit more uh discussion about
0: that going on Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you later. See you next week.